0: Welcome to Lit with Kelly and Jacqueline, the podcast. If you're one of the people who have stopped by our blog at litwithkellyandjacqueline.com, thanks for reading and for finding us here. If this is the first time you've heard of us, we're glad you found the podcast. I'm Kelly. And I'm Jacqueline.
1: And we're back in the book cave today for episode eight. 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 yay! Ready to discuss our current selection, which is Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier. Um, we also have with us our recording engineer Tim and Moose, our mascot. Our heavy panting, yeah, mascot.
0: He's a, he's a dog. He's not a human. <laughs> well, usually he's heavy panting, but right now we might be hearing snoring. So if right. you right. hear snores in the background, don't. That's no reflection on our podcast. <laughs> that's you, just the your dog. Engineer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah. So for episode eight, we read Rebecca, which is you know a classic from 1938. Um... And good job on your French, Kelly. DeMarier. DeMarier. That was I, f- I pretty, practiced that. That was good. <laughs> I yeah. Did. So Rebecca is the story of a young bride who is um taken back to this stately English manner by her much older husband after the tragic death of his first wife, who everyone just adored. And the second wife, who interestingly enough doesn't have a name we keep picking books with characters who don't have names uh the so the second wife um is made to sort of feel or she does feel like she's being made to live up to the expectations or the um reputation of this first wife who was so beloved and um it she doesn't feel like it's going very well and some some people are not so friendly, and the house is a little bit intimidating, and just Rebecca's memory is everywhere. And so um, we're reading the story of this narrator who is trying her very best to figure out how to live this life, but she feels like it's sort of against her, I guess, so without giving too much away. Was this your first time reading Rebecca?
1: I think I read it. I don't think I ever finished it because I was kind of surprised. Um or I just don't remember. Okay. I think I read it like back in high school or something like that. Um
0: Okay. Yeah. This was my first time through it. Okay. So it was really good.
1: It was good. Surprisingly well written for nineteen thirty eight. And I read the it- language was like not uh
0: formal. Yes, it wasn't Austin esque. <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: exactly. It wasn't too
0: flowery. It wasn't. It wasn't antiquated. It was right. good. Yeah. Um, I was afraid. Like I, it took me a long time to get started on it because I thought, oh, this is. I felt like a little bit like it was going to be a chore, and then it was not at all. Exactly. It was great. Yeah. 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 So,
1: okay. So for this book, we had a hard time finding uh, a drink of choice, um, mostly because all they ever drank was either whiskey or bourbon, and. I personally am not a whiskey or bourbon fan. So I had to do a little bit of research. And really all it was was bourbon and soda is what they kept drinking. I thought, oh, my gosh. So I had to do uh, a little research, and I came across this website that was called The Best Whiskey Drinks for Whiskey Phobes. (laughs) (laughs) And So I thought, well, okay, that's exactly what I'm looking for. So I came up with this drink. It's called the Bourbon Ricky. And uh, so all it really is is A half a lime, squeeze fresh lime juice into the bottom, two ounces of bourbon, and then you put ice on top, and then you do uh, club soda. And so that's what we're drinking right now. Okay. So we've got it all mixed up.
0: So cheers. Cheers. Ooh, they're really full. They are.
1: Oh, well, it's definitely not sweet. Not at all. (laughs) It's refreshing. That's good, though. It is good. I, I can taste the bourbon, but it's not overpowering. Okay, do you so think you're it's not? A, no, I don't think it's overpowering. Well, I think maybe it's good. the after. What kind are we using little, again? We're using old forester. Okay, and then I, I did. I admit, I put just a little, bit more lime juice. I put the whole lime in because I didn't think I was getting enough lime juice. Well,
0: mm-hmm. I always ask for extra lime with my drinks anyway because so, I like to squeeze a little bit extra in. So that's okay. I think this would that's be good. like a good
1: summer drink. Yeah, and kind of almost reminds me of a mint julep without the sugar.
0: Full confession. Never, Never had, had a mint <laughs> julep. Never had a mint julep. <laughs> but that's yeah. Maybe we should pick a book that has, it has that a in there, julep. so I can okay. <laughs> water, so I can drink one. But yeah, no, this is good. I like it. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, that means my bourbon stash is in jeopardy now. I'll oh, oh, restock. It's it. very refreshing. No it
1: would be a good outdoor summer drink. Yes.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's definitely a like a springtime mm-hmm. on a patio because that's all we're gonna. <laughs> that's the only place we're gonna be able to eat for a while. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Patio, right. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Nice work, Kelly, and good job to the whiskey phobes who managed to pull that one together. Right. I'm gonna go back to that
1: website every right now and then. <laughs> See what else seems is on like there. we keep getting books that have got whiskey or bourbon or something in it. And there was something time. with there was a one with the dark rum. I thought, oh god, no, not no. gonna do that. I can't do that. That was no.
0: All right, still scarred from the Ben Hurricane, <laughs>
1: right? <laughs> that was a bad drink.
0: Um, if you don't recall the Ben Hurricane, go back to episode three and check that one out.
1: Right. Okay, so we're gonna move on to start discussing the book. So this is the time that we're gonna tell you spoilers or no?
0: No, before yes. let's talk about what we're reading right oh, now. Oh, all right. Yeah. Can I go first? Yeah. Okay. Because I I just read one that had come highly recommended by our girl Ellen Hildebrand oh. on her um oh, yeah, social yeah. media. Mm-hmm. And just recently she she posted a picture of her like top nine yes. of the year or whatever, and mm-hmm. this one was still in it. So um so I read Luster by Raven Leilani and in only 164 pages, she packs a lot of story. Oh, really? And that's all I'm going to say about it here, because I'm going to write up a review of it for the blog. So that'll be coming. But, um, yeah, it was it was an intense story. It was a realistic story. We forgot to tell you guys that also the cat's <laughs> here. <laughs> so we're not letting a baby cry. That's a cat. Um so, uh, Luster by Raven Leilani. It was it was a shortish story. It read really fast. It was very intense. It was a very real look at these characters. Like they were what I thought of as their best worst versions of themselves. It was like the it was probably the realest look you could take at the characters in this particular scenario. That's all I'm going to say about it. But pick it up. It was it was good. But know that. It's not fluffy. <laughs> it's okay. not fluffy at all. And then I'm reading um, Beautiful Ruins by Jess Walter for my book club coming up. And then I'm getting into our episode nine selection. So that's yeah. where I'm at.
1: So um, I just finished. Well, I've read two very quickly because I just finished. I had advanced readers copies of Sophie Kinsella's. Lucky. I know. I was so excited. Um, love Your Life. Yes. That was cute. That was good. And uh, then I also had uh, Janet Ivanovich's latest uh, Stephanie Plum novel, was an advanced reader, and I finished that one too. That was that was good. Uh, you know, sometimes they're not as good as you would like them to be, but that was pretty good. And then um, both of those are on the blog, I believe. And then I just finished my favorite series, Karen Slaughter's latest in the Will Trent series, The Silent Wife. That was really good. Really, really good. Um, so, Yeah. And then, of course, I read Rebecca.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Which turned out not to be a chore. Right, right, (laughs) right. So, okay. So now that you know what we're reading. Na- or what we've been reading. Uh, yeah, so now is the spoiler alert. I feel like we should maybe have a, like a sound effect for this going forward. Like a... Oh, like Rrr! a... Right, spoilers right. forward. Um, okay, all right. But you <laughs> asked this, for it. I, I did. Um, but anyway, so spoilers going forward for Rebecca. We are going to talk about not only the book, but the... We chose to read this book oh, because right. Netflix just put out their new iteration of the film Mm -hmm. and then kelly was lucky enough to score the hitchcock version of rebecca from the library right yep yeah so you check your library for those classic films um but we're gonna talk a little bit about all three of those this book version the netflix movie version and the hitchcock movie so if you have not read or watched any of those things and you want to come back and listen to us in a little while go do those things and then come back right So, okay, spoilers going forward. All right, going (laughs) forward. All right, so
1: where to even begin? So, let me just tell you, I'm just going to throw it out there from the get go. Go. I feel from the book, really, Mm -hmm. I got the impression the new Mrs. De Winter from the get go was a manipulative. (laughs) (laughs) She knew exactly what she wanted from the beginning.
0: The new Mrs. de Winter, yes,
1: I felt that the minute that she, Mrs. Van Hopper, her yeah companion, companion um once she knew that this that it was a scheme all along that she was gonna that it was her goal to get Max de Winter to marry her and then get part of Manderley and blah 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 blah. I felt that from the beginning, it's just and I don't know why I can't pinpoint it. Certain things did come up, like when um, she found out that Max didn't love her. That's all she could think about. He doesn't. He loves me. He doesn't love Rebecca. He loves me. He never loved Rebecca. He loves me. I mean, not the drama that's going on around it. It was all focused on whether, you know, she had his love or Rebecca had his love. It was like, it was just so, I just felt
0: she was very manipulative. Okay, Tim, <laughs> maybe we I should just paused. pause the podcast, and I should go back and reread the book because I don't. Did we read the same story? I'm just is what I'm wondering. Okay. So okay, but there's two points in the
1: movie. Okay, that support that. Okay, in both movies. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So one is, um, in the Alfred Hitchcock movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, when she realizes that Max never loved Rebecca. The look on Joan Fontaine's face. Yeah. You, you saw that there, right? She's
0: a very expressive actress. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so
1: you saw that was like, oh, you know, and then at the very end of the next Netflix movie, yeah. you saw Lily James's eyes pop.
0: Did you see okay, that? So I do know what you're talking about in the Netflix one. Yes. Because she like looks up into the mirror when he's embracing her in this little room. Well, and it was right after
1: something was said about um, love.
0: I finally yeah. found my true love and her eyes just went. It was love was worth all this something drama that they had gone through. Okay. I don't
1: know. So. I'm just <laughs> telling you, you might have got it totally, and that's fine. But I'm telling you, there were so many things. I mean, she lived in a fantasy world, she daydreamed about everything about their
0: life. Now I feel like I need to go back and re- <laughs> read some of this. Just but a sec. no, it's so funny because I kind of got the exact opposite wow. of that from her. Which is more, I mean, I guess a little more obvious in that she very much was craving a family again, right? Oh, absolutely. Her parents had died, and I'm probably going to Frankenstein the three storylines together, but her parents died. Mm -hmm. And she had... Gotten this job with Mrs. Van Hopper as a companion, as a paid companion to this t- terrible woman. She was not a very right. a nice person. So I guess I was, I was more along the lines of her. Like she was seeking approval. No, I okay. didn't get that. At all. <laughs> I got that. Is yes. this is why we love books, right? Because <laughs> I everybody get that takes a all. little something, and
1: you know, and it's just it, everybody brings. Whatever they have into what they read, right? Sure, and that's that's the beauty of right. No, I this is this this is why book discussions can be fun, right? So, that was just I'm just saying, you don't, it's not true, it's just now. I kind of
0: now, I kind of want to reread it after we're done here (laughs) and see if I can see those things because that's very, that's a very interesting take on it. it. It was
1: just every time I read something that she would do, I'm thinking. Is this manipulating... Is she manipulating him or or even just manipulating the story, you know, to well, the character? Well, I mean, she's the narrator, well, so right. she can do whatever she wants. Right. So did you have a reliable narrator? Do you ever? Well, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I don't know. Well, in this particular one, I don't really know, you know. but Our uh, audio
0: engineer, his face is lit, lit up. What's up?
1: Either I live with a very manipulative <laughs> person who picked that
0: up... <laughs> Well, that's possible.
1: <laughs> or your point that she was craving to belong to a family. Perhaps that's her motivation for the manipulation.
0: Okay, so she so desperately wants to be part of a family that she's manipulating the scenario to her advantage. Possibly, maybe. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. That, like I'm, I said, that's just weirder things have happened in a book for sure. I mean, she she
1: literally creates a fantasy life about how. I mean, just how she would like the life to go. And then it doesn't go that way. I mean I remember Max telling her once, well, if if you think we're in love, then we are. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and it's like, well, oh, yeah. oh okay.
0: But Okay, so so you were surprised by the twist, right? You you did yes. not recall that. Okay. Yeah. So so now The two it, twists. Because I felt there were two twists. Sure. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So okay, so since we're in the spoiler section, we can just say it. So I did not know that it was going to result in Max having killed Rebecca. I didn't know that either. And so well, do you think now, that. if you were to go back and read it, read all of his lines with like an undertone of guilt, would that change for you, do you suppose? No, because he was... No,
1: because this is truly just her. I didn't... Okay. It's truly just the way she... Her thought process and it's just always there was just like, you know, you have this like gut feeling type of thing. It yeah. was just this feeling that I had that,
0: okay, is she playing everybody here? So is that what you were expecting by the end of the book? We were going to find out that narrator Mrs. DeWinters was actually some sort of
1: no, con artist? No, no, no. Okay. I just, I well, no, I literally just thought Rebecca died. Okay. You know, like. She went sailing and she died. I I never saw anything sinister in that part of it. Okay. Until all of a sudden.
0: I was expecting a ghost right. story. Right. Okay. Right. So knowing that, knowing that I was expecting a ghost story, I did believe there was something sinister that had happened. And, like, that she didn't drown. And was she, like, skulking around this big old English manor? Hiding from people, getting help from Mrs. Danvers, trying to scare this woman out, like out of the out of her wits, right? And I that was dashed pretty quickly when I found out that he had identified a body. But then also you're kind of like, well, was it was it her body? Well, like I yeah. don't know, right, 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 <laughs> so, right. Um, right. so I was, so it was not the scary ghost story that I anticipated. Um, I had I said this once to you already, but. She didn't. There were no ghosts. She only brought her insecurities. But now your time. But now your feeling is they weren't insecurities. (laughs) No, (laughs) I think that she
1: was. No, I do agree that she had insecurities. But I think that she was. But she was also manipulated because of her insecurities. She wanted, as our engineer Tim said, she wanted. She had insecurities. She wanted this family, and she was going to manipulate it till she got it. Till she got it. Okay. So I mean. And right. I, I
0: don't blame her for that. I'm not saying that, but I'm no. just saying I don't. That's not. And that's not something in this time frame that anyone would have expected a woman to do. Right. Well, right. Which is why Max was so astonished. By, well, I'm going to call him Max because Max, I'm just it's too many syllables. Right. So <laughs> I'm going to call him or Max. Mr. DeWinter. So when he says, like, he was so shocked by her, by Rebecca's revelation That she was going to play him over the course of their marriage, like, haha, I got you to marry me and now I'm going to do whatever I want. Right. I mean, I'll hold up my end of the bargain, but basically I've got you. Right. So I think he was so taken aback by that because women just in in 1938 or 1940 or whatever didn't do that. Yeah. I guess he wouldn't have expected it of narrator Mrs. DeWinter either. So let's talk about that for a minute.
1: What man would agree to something like that, especially a wealthy man like that?
0: Well, so there's a pretty solid line in the Hitchcock movie that alludes to that, where he says, I was so caught up in protecting my family's honor that I didn't consider the alternative. Right. And I I mean, divorce was not a thing, I don't think, at that point. I mean, yes, it was a thing that you could do, but nobody did. Right. 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 And then in the in the Netflix movie. Army Hammer's Army Hammer talked about the the importance of an heir. There was a line in the movie from him where it was noteworthy that he didn't have one yet because it had been passed from father to son Son, to father father to son son. to father to son, and so I I think I think maybe like the allure of having an heir to pass the estate to was too strong, right? Right. Right. So I, I.
1: So she probably, she probably, like, like, he had an out,
0: right? He had an out. He could have just said, no, we're not going to do this and let's not. But, but she probably checked all the boxes except for, except for she was a manipulative shrew. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, she,
1: you know, she came from wealth. I'm I'm Mm going to assume she came from wealth. She was very, you know, social. She could run the household. You know, she checked all the boxes except for the one that, you know, probably was the most important, which
0: would have been love. Right. And non-manipulative. Right. And narrator Mrs. DeWinter didn't have any of that stuff. Right. But she was madly in love with him. Right. Regardless of whether or not he was madly in love with her. She right. didn't care. Right. All right. So it wasn't scary. It's not a ghost story <laughs> for no. anyone who's expecting a ghost story. So it's, it's dark. Story. It is dark. It's
1: dark and it's it's gothic. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the word that it, when you think of a gothic novel or what, that's. Rebecca always comes to mind. And yeah. It's just because it's dark, I'm assuming. But it is suspenseful in many ways. Definitely. I mean,. I feel that Alfred Hitchcock did a little bit better on the suspense part, only because it's black and white. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that helps. And uh, um, but what? Okay, so the Netflix movie one, right? Mm-hmm. There was always those birds in the sky.
0: Oh, do you know what that is? No. Okay, that's a nod to the birds, which is another uh, Hitchcock film. But also, Maurier wrote that story. Hitchcock did the birds. He made the birds based on a novella that Daphne du Maurier oh, okay. wrote. I, f- I had to look. Th- I oh, I don't like, remember why I found that this? information, but yeah, I found out that she wrote the story that he then turned into his famous movie, The Birds. So they
1: put it in the Netflix movie, just the random. Birds. I think it was yeah. just a nod. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> like a funny. like a little Easter egg.
0: Right. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you saw it though too because I have a note here to say. Did you notice the nod to the birds?
1: (laughs) I didn't realize it was a nod to the birds, but I'm thinking. Well, that's what I kept thinking. The birds represented Rebecca somehow. It's like I kept in the. Well, they could have. Yeah, yeah. but like, is it her spirit out there saying, "Find me, find me"? You know?
0: Oh, wow! I don't know. And then they did, and then everything went sideways. Right? Yeah. Um, Okay, so the book, um, in the book, Mrs. Danvers, she's a character that. You you know, you're not going to like, right? Right. Um, In the Hitchcock movie, I thought Mrs. Danvers was pretty well cast, but Kristen Scott Thomas in the Netflix film was a marvel.
1: (laughs) She was, yes. She can do so much with one eyebrow. Well, that and like maybe just a half smile when she's like talking smack at you. Yeah, yeah, or Mm -hmm. something, you know, and she's saying the god awfulest things, right? But she's saying it very
0: politely. Yeah, yeah. No, she was I of everybody in that film I thought she was the best. Yeah, absolutely. Most appropriately cast. Yeah. Actor or actress. Um, I thought Lily James did okay.
1: Yeah, I I thought she did too. I think we talked about this before the age difference between them. Yes,
0: is it, a problem. Is yeah, I thought. So in the book, narrator Mrs. De Winter and Max are probably 20 20 years apart? Is that the, I would is think that the rough so. estimate? Yeah, because she was in her mid-twenties. Yeah. And he I he kept he calling her like a child. Which, right. Okay, okay. And for, but that's a male show. I was like a little... I, I, okay, <laughs> I was being a little bit hard on the narrator in this book because I, kept, I just wanted I kept saying to her, like, buck up! Like, tell them what you want! Right? Like, do... <laughs> what you, but then I thought, okay, no, it's the, it's the 40s. Right. That's... Right. They wouldn't have done that. Right. So I was a little bit hard on her, I think, while I was reading it, but... Because I kept having to remind myself that they were in a time and a situation where she wouldn't have done that if even if she could. Um so 20, 25, maybe 25 years, something like that, 20, 25 years between the main characters. I would um, I would think so. Army Hammer and Lily James were not that far apart. They didn't look it. Right. Like they could have
1: made him look Visibly.
0: old.
1: Do you know yeah. what I'm thinking? They could have grayed his hair or something. Yeah. They
0: could have used an older actor. I was thinking like this would have been a really good spot for one of the hues. Oh, right. Right. Jackman Grant. Right. 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 Or um, Colin Firth, because, oh. you know, he's so oh, good in these period right. pieces. I could or see Colin Firth. Or even like Ford. George Clooney, who oh. is that very distinguished, oh, yeah. you know, older actor look. Right. Um, But I will say that if I had watched that movie, the Netflix movie, without having read the book, the age gap wouldn't have bothered me at all. Like the, the lack of it wouldn't. I wouldn't have given right. it a second thought. But because they made such a big deal out of it in the book. It felt like a pretty important. I don't think that you need
1: to read the book to understand the movie, do you? Not at no, all. No, Mm-mm. no. It's. I mean, no. the Alfred Hitchcock one for was like, except for the one part about how Rebecca died, mm-hmm. um, was like spot on for the book. Like, yeah, time, you know, just everything.
0: And I and I didn't feel the Netflix one was. Nope. At all. Nope. I agree with you. Their time together in Monte Carlo was much more romantic and affectionate. Yes. And then even in the book, I mean, we I know in the book we're seeing it through her perspective. And there's notes and they're sneaking off on these drives right. and whatever. But, like, they're not canoodling on the beach. No. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. No. no, no they, he's not making little sand tattoos of the sunburn on her shoulder. I mean, they're not right. doing any of that. Right. But, but I appreciated that because I felt like in the book... I did feel a little bit like he was—he was being a little selfish in asking her to marry him, but also I mean, he was taking care of her, right? In the in the Netflix movie, I did feel like it was more of a romantic relationship. Yes, definitely. And in the Hitchcock film, it was the same as the book, right? So right. I did—I I liked that they invested us a, or got us a little bit more invested in their romance in the Netflix movie, right? But that was a pretty big deviation from the from the written right. story, right? Um okay and as an aside (laughs) why dude's got so much money why is he wearing the same suit for (laughs) his entire vacation in monte carlo like it was a sharp suit like like, you know not everyone can pull off that shade of mustard yellow But but maybe every day
1: but maybe he had 20 of them maybe and that was just light colored and maybe and it was hot and you know i don't know it cracked me up and you know, okay, so let's talk about Mrs. Van Hopper for just a second. Yeah, please cuz she was especially in well, in the book and then I felt more so in the Alfred Hitchcock movie. She was um a little but I wrote this down. She smashes her cigarette in cold cream, uh butter, and then there's cigarettes littered all yeah, over the place. Just I thought, whatever
0: happens to be around.
1: So in and why, I mean, I guess you can't be um Beggars can't be choosy, right? So if you're looking to be a paid companion for someone, mm-hmm. you, you pick the one that wants you, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't get a choice. But I thought, man, why would you pick that? She was a horrid woman.
0: Oh, yeah. No, terrible. And co- like a complete name dropper. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a deluded sense of self-importance, right? Delusions oh. of grandeur, for sure. And made things up as she went along. I mean, yeah. stories like... I don't know. No, she was, I mean, intentionally making narrator feel bad about herself, mm-hmm. but, like, backhandedly. Is that a word? Yes. Backhandedly? Yes. 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 <laughs> in a backhanded manner. You shouldn't insinuate yourself in the conversation. You shouldn't monopolize it. She said, like, three words to him or whatever. and She's like, <laughs> you're monopolizing the conversation. Okay. You know that. But I do feel like and out. Who you know from The Handmaid's Tale? Oh, right, right. As Aunt Lydia, mm-hmm. made an excellent Mrs. Van <laughs>
1: Oh, she did. Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> that was pretty, pretty perfect. Because again, she looked horrid. I mean, just the way her hair
0: was. And oh, her, her makeup was, was bad. bad. Her hair was bad. Yeah, yeah. She it was a caricature for sure. yeah and she. Um, the other thing I noted about her, I would have liked to see a little bit more of her obnoxious behavior, but... Yeah, the you movie didn't was, get much. But the movie was already two hours long, so right. I feel like that's probably where they had to cut right, it. Right. But of all the things she did, uh, to me, the mo- the part that stuck out the most was when she called out Lily James's character. And she was like, did you honestly think no one was talking about you? Did you oh, not know? Right. Did you think that I wasn't going to find out how you've been spending your time while I've been sick? And I and and all while I was reading the book, I thought, I, "How does she not know where well, she's going right, every day? Right? It, Are it, people not gossiping at this hotel? Like, what's happening?" Right. So I was relieved that they addressed that in the movie because that was actually a plot a point in the book that kind of bothered me. I was like, "She's not going to play tennis every and day. Think, like, you know, well, how do you not know this?" I I had a um,
1: I had a thought on that too, like thinking, well. Okay, as much as this woman knows all these people, how is somebody not telling yeah. her? Yeah, yeah,
0: so I was glad that in the Netflix movie she said, do you do you honestly think no one's gonna talk to me about this? I, of course, I know what's happening. Get your stuff together. We're leaving, right? You know um, I did think that she was pretty well cast, but and I would have liked to see a little bit more, but it, but also other stuff was more important. So we got the point about her and how bad she was. Right. Talking about characters, though, that kind of change from the book to the movie, I thought that Frith, the butler, right, Mm -hmm. was a lot more sympathetic in the book and in the Hitchcock film than he was in the Netflix film. Yes. I felt like he was kind of rolling his eyes at her, like, the whole time. Yes. And I was a little disappointed in that because I felt like, here was this ally, like she didn't have to be Mrs. Danvers. Here right. was this ally in Frith that right. she could have taken, you right. know, she could have right. used to get to know the house. And it, it, but and then in the movie, it felt like everything he had to do for her was like a chore, right? You know, and I felt bad about that. Doesn't really add anything to our discussion. It was just an interesting take that he, in two out of the three, he he could have been an ally, and in the middle one, he was just kind of like, right? What are you doing here?
1: Um, I just want to go to the end to the um
0: uh, epilogue of the book before oh. we wrap-up. Which one? The real one or the extra one we got in this paperback version? So, the
1: extra one in the paperback because the the first draft that she wrote, Mm -hmm. the ending is in there, right? It's the ending or the beginning?
0: Because he's maimed. Okay, so I made a note of that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so 40 years after she wrote Rebecca, she released this, what they call the Rebecca Notes or whatever, Right. right? And that's where the Rebecca epilogue, this extra one that we got, is in here. Right. And yeah, in that one... He's maimed. She mentioned some disfigurement. Yes,
1: like her face was disfigured or something. Was that it? So, are we supposed to infer that that, that was, was from the fire? Right. Because so right. So I went back and reread the beginning of mm-hmm. this book to see okay where would that play? Right. Because I and I wanted to see if they were mentioned because in the beginning of this of Rebecca, they're the fire has already happened and they're on they're on vacation.
0: Right. Again. I mean, well, are, is it vacation or is this like how they're living well, now? Well, that's how they're living. Okay. Now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So they're living because they have no place to live. They, right. they can't live in Manderley anymore because the fire has already happened. Right. Uh-huh. So I went back to see does it ever say that they were maimed or whatever? And neither one of the movies ever said that they went back or showed that they went back in to get no, anyone. anyone. And the book at the end of the book, book. You know, the it's
0: very ambiguous.
1: It is, but I still didn't never got the impression that they went back in,
0: like into the house to save y- yeah, someone. Yeah. No, I never got yeah. that either. So this no.
1: obviously would mean that they went in mm-hmm. the house to right. get someone.
0: because the movies are much clearer about what happens to Mrs. Danvers. They're right. It's it is explicit in the Netflix one that she uses an accelerant of I right. think it's gas, but yes. an accelerant. And that's never mentioned in the book. Right. Right. And um, I think that's that's kind of a leap from how the author left her, the end of her story, to, well... We're just gonna decide <laughs> that <right? laughs>
1: she threw gas right it and lit it up, but yeah. So I just found that interesting because they were maimed in that. Yes, that.
0: I did make a note of that as well because mm-hmm. I it was it was interesting that they, but then it didn't make the book, like that original epilogue. <laughs> yeah. So then I so the so the Rebecca note epilogue is chapter two of this one, right? Yes. And I I did the same thing. I went back and I skimmed chapter two. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Right. So. Um, so I'm glad we got a chance to read that, like secret ending right. or whatever, right. in, the, yeah. in the book. But but coming to the endings of the book, movie, movie, the movie ending, the Netflix movie ending was a little too tidy.
1: Oh, absolutely, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I I liked I, and I don't normally like a book that leaves me guessing. Like I I do like when all the loose threads are sort of tied up. I but I was okay with it here because I just. I just believed that Mrs. Danvers set it on fire. <laughs> well, right. Right. <laughs> it did what she had to do. But I think when, basically, when she's like, I'm not going to let you have this, you already got him. I'm not going to let you have her house as well. And so t- you got her reasoning for it, which is fine. It was a little too, little too clean. And so here's a note because I don't, I don't know that I fully understand English aristocracy. <laughs> right. Well, because so in the book, we, in chapter two, we find out, right, that they've turned Manderley into, like, oh, a country club. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, Okay. So I would assume that they're getting some income from that. But I was like, I don't understand how, if the place that is, is making you all the money has burned down, how are you still, how do you still have money to, like, flit about the world and live wherever you feel like? And So, right. So they must still own the land. Right? I guess.
1: Be- just because the Manderley estate is gone. So are they gone. still, like, taxing so they all the are... tenants and stuff? It's
0: a country club, right? So do you have to pay membership dues? And that's well, well, so now, so at, after they, like, rebuild it or whatever, right. yeah, I would assume that they will be getting some sort of, like, percentage Well, I, you're of the, still the
1: landowner, so I would guess as the en- English aristocracy that you would still get a portion of what
0: they... Must be. Yeah. But I was like, I don't understand how if the place is, that's making all the money burned to the ground, what do you have left? <laughs> and it was full of priceless treasures. I mean... Right, right. Yeah, it yeah. was... That was... Um, that's a good
1: question. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Oh, so you, so you said earlier there were two twists. Yes. So we found out that Max, in two out of three versions, <laughs> kills Rebecca. Right. Out of pure rage. Right. Right? And in the, th- the third one, in the Hitchcock version, because of some code that was happening with movies at the time, they weren't allowed to use that as a reason. So she accidentally dies in that one. She hits her head. Right. But let's talk about the second twist, which is everybody thought Rebecca was pregnant. Right. And then they go to this mysterious doctor, finds which, out she has cancer. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Right. <laughs> and and it I was a I was a beat behind the author and the and the characters because it took me until Max explained it like okay so she knew she was going to be in pain she didn't want to wait around for this to happen so she tricked me into killing her and I was like oh okay yeah <laughs> <That> <laughs> now you get it but yeah it's not often that you get a book that has sort of two big reveals and they're both in like the last third of the book. Right.
1: Well, so if you go for that though, then there's actually three because I wasn't expecting Mandalee to burn down. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. So there's three big
0: three twist. big surprises, yeah. In the last 100 pages or whatever. Right. Mhm. Yeah. I think that I would recommend both the movie, the Netflix movie and the book. Mhm. And the, and the Hitchcock one. Re- I think watch you would have
1: to watch the Hitchcock one. It's a classic, um, too.
0: But I'll tell you that after I watched it and after I finished the book, I was reading some stuff about the Netflix version. And people are not happy oh, with I it. Oh, I read it. was like, and I don't, yeah, think, underwhelming is what I keep fu- hearing. Like, it's
1: fine. It was
0: fine. It's fine.
1: I mean, it wasn't true to...
0: It wasn't Alfred Hitchcock.
1: No. <laughs> I mean, no. so, yeah.
0: But it's, and it's very pretty, it's right? Very, like, yeah. The shots it, of Monte Carlo are gorgeous. Well,
1: and the... The estate of Manderley is gorgeous, which you don't get in oh, the black see? and white.
0: I was very underwhelmed by Manderley.
1: Oh, I... Yeah, I was Not expecting... the inside, but the outside was beautiful.
0: No, yeah, no, I was expecting a much bigger place. Like Downton Abbey scale. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I don't mm. know why, but I was, yeah, I was a little bit underwhelmed by the size of it on screen. But, I mean, again, the in, the inside sets were lovely. Right. Um, Yeah, I would recommend both. Just... You don't know, know what it is going in. It's not a ghost story. It's not a. Sc- it's a scary movie, but it's scary and uh, it's suspenseful. Who can you trust around right, you? Way, right. and um, it's worth watching. You know, it, we're we're home right now. You're, you know, you're looking for new things added to your Netflix queue all the time. It's a classic. So you might as well take a look. You have to do it. So yeah, but I thought it was good. I I was pleasantly surprised by the book. My one of my good friends is going to be. I hope she's not disappointed in me because I hadn't read this and this is like her favorite book. Oh, I, was like, oh, I <laughs> it love is... it. I love it. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, I've never read that one. So, but I did like it. I, it was not the, it was not a classic beast that I thought it was going to be. It was a much faster reading story than I was yes, expecting. Absolutely. So, absolutely, yeah. So, I don't think Daphne DeMarie is listening, but <laughs> No, probably not. <laughs> but good job. And uh <laughs> Yeah, I was I liked comparing the two. I, th- I, and, I and I did them pretty close together. So yeah. I was glad about that. So two right. thumbs up from you? Absolutely. Okay. Yep. All, All right. right. So that is our wrap on Rebecca. So for episode nine, we are going to read a 2020 debut, These Ghosts Are Family by Maisie Card. Um, this is about someone who fakes their own death mm-hmm. and the consequences for their family. So we're into that one and we'll be back in a couple of weeks to talk about that with you. So if you want to read ahead of time, you can do that. All right. So thanks for hanging out with us today. Don't forget to check us out at com. We're also on Facebook at Lit with Kelly and Jacqueline, And um, we'll be back in two weeks to talk to you about our next book. So take care, everybody. Cheers.